have no idea what loss is. You have no idea what loss is. I reckon it's got something to do with that girl. He's got everything to do with that little girl. I can take care of myself! How many close calls have we had? Can't be any worse out there. Can it? Every guy in this room is staring at you right now. Maybe they're staring at you. Maybe they're jealous of you. I'm just a girl. Not a threat. Welcome to the world of The Last of Us, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for the Naughty Dog video game series and the HBO and Sky Atlantic television series. I'm your host Matthew, and joining me today, my co-host is David. How's it going? I'm doing well, thanks. Excellent. Um, so there's finally come our preview podcast uh, for The Last of Us. It starts on Monday. Um, some people apparently saw like a press screening or something uh, a few days ago. There was lots of uh, embargoed reviews that came out. It, it's all looking good. It's all looking very, very, yep. very good. You know, the the odd one or two sort of, hey, this doesn't really look that good and that sort of stuff, but pretty much nines and tens and Rotten Tomato scores, which are very high and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it, it's looking pretty amazing. Before we get into our expectations, because that's usually how we start these, like, preview sort of things, um, I thought we'd go over our history with the games because we've got a bit of a different history with the games, which I thought would yes. be interesting to explore. Instead of me going first, I've been talking about this series nonstop for about two or three years. So, uh, David, what's your? Because there's the so there's the different versions of the game. Obviously, you've got the the 2013 PS3. Don't forget this debuted on the PS3. It's a strange thing to think about. Uh, and then the remaster on 2014, um, and then the Left Behind DLC, then Part Two in 2020. And then recently, uh, the, the part one, the remake, uh, the PS5 version of Last of Us 1. Um, so what's your history with the, with the games? i trying to remember back. I think I played it on the PS3. I think I played the original game back when it was released on the PS3. And I haven't played any of the other versions since then. Um it's one of those that I should really pick up again and, and go back and look through. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that is basically my history with it. I haven't actually played the second one yet. Uh, I, I meant to pick it up, but I just don't. I've only got a PS4. I haven't got a PS5. And uh, I just haven't got around to picking up the second game yet. So, yeah, I mean, that is pretty much my entire history with it is, <laughs> is the the... the the first game uh which i played through once uh and enjoyed very much you know i mean i i i had fun with it and uh i think it's a great story i think it's really well put together but it was that original version was the version that i played um i i, I mean if when i do get around playing the second version i will probably go back and get like a the remastered version of the first one and go and play through that and then play through the second one I, uh, when I eventually do get around to doing that, but at the moment, yeah, that's the uh, that's my pretty much my entire history with it. 
Nice, nice. Um, so yeah, I've finished the first game then, which is which is good. Yes. Um, as well, because I a lot of a lot of large number of people I spoke to, um, well, not a large number, but some people I spoke to have said like, oh, they played some of the first game. Um, they never do say whether it's on the PS3 or the PS4 because those releases are only a year apart. Uh, the remastered version, um, which is interesting with the remastered version because I mean it is a remaster in terms of you know the gameplay slightly better and the graphics are updated. Sony really did kind of do that because they knew how big The Last of Us was and the PS3 is a bastard to try and get games from because of the cell yeah. processor. And I don't think they wanted to leave behind uh, The Last of Us. So they, they basically made a version that was playable for things other than the PS4 because games from... Uh, yeah, because e even now where they're putting... Um, PS3 games on, on PS5, you can only stream them and stuff like that. So... Um, yeah, there's a, there's very few games that are on PS3 that are actually playable on four and five. And I think it's because that cell processor. So um, I think they because that was like the last game that came out on PS3. And mm -hmm. I think they decided, hey, we kind of need this available on our because it was that same year I think the P the PS4 came out. And I think they thought like, hey, we kind of need this massive game playable on our system that's just come out. So um, that that made sense as well. Um, for me, for, for those of you, because, you know, just because people, uh, do know about my history with Last of Us, not everybody might do, this might be a first episode, so, um, I didn't have a PS3, um, I played, uh, the, the PS4 version of The Last of Us, I already kind of knew all the story and stuff, because I was obviously still into games anyway, and the story was so big, and, um, yeah, I, I already sort of knew everything that was, that was happening in the story, uh, but yeah, I remember when I got my PS4 in 2016, 17, something like that, I just kept hearing about so many, like, th these massive IP from PlayStation, like Uncharted and Ratchet and & Clank, and, um, it it's funny that because my childhood is very PlayStation-centered, uh, you know, PlayStation 1 and mm -hmm. 2, and what kind of happened, what kind of changed things, um, was I was at high school, and I was started getting into online games, and a lot of my friends got Xboxes. So I did. Yeah, I I got an Xbox 360 instead of a PS3. So that's where that path like diverged. And then of course I left school and all that sort of thing. Um, and then as I got into well, it's even past when I was when I was in college. But um, and then I did get like an Xbox One, and then started to see like, hmm, it's kind of Gears, Forza, and Halo, and that's mostly it like the odd other good game as well and then i just kept hearing about like last of us and uncharted and all this other kind of stuff and i was like i think i should go back to to playstation um and that was a, i think that looking at things right now <laughs> that was a very smart decision yes. uh, especially that the ps4 ps5 sort of era um xbox is uh struggling a little bit right now to uh to impress people so um but no i did that so i got the ps4 it's about 2016 2017 and uh last of us uh remastered was very cheap on ps4 so I, I went and brought that played it and really enjoyed it again it didn't quite hit me in the same way because like i uh i already knew the story and stuff but um that was kind of my first step with like falling in love with this with the series um because you know how i you know how i talk about it in in this day and age um and then you know a few years later what was it 20 um it wasn't that long after actually that we started getting information about part two um and then i was like wow this you know this game's coming back and that's really awesome um and then 2019 2020 things really started ramping up and then you know my excitement level was through the roof with part two played that um and like thought it was one of the best experiences i've ever had playing a game and it really just blew me away completely um and like how daring it was and all that sort of thing 
Um, and then, yeah, I, I've played it a bunch of times since. Uh, just for, like, a numbers count, I've played the first one technically three times, because uh, I would include... Because part one is the, you know, same game, just a better version of it. Uh, so, I yeah, when I played it on PS4, that was the first go. And then on part one, the recent PS5 release, I played that through once, and then a second time, so that's three times. And then I'm halfway through, like, a YouTube playthrough that I've put on pause, so that would be number four. Uh, the second game I played six times. Um, one of the reasons I played it six <laughs> times is, uh, well, the first time, obviously, for the story, second time for New Game Plus. But that, that second time, New Game Plus was, like, really taking my time, exploring a bit of the slightly more open areas and things like that, um, which is where you get, like, find all these notes. And there were so many areas I hadn't even seen. And it's not an open world game. It's just, it's linear but slightly wider, if you want to sort of call it that. Like, there's, there's a few more little buildings you can sort of go into which are on the same path that you're going on so it's not like witcher or zelda or something where you you've gone 200 miles off the uh you know main quest because you got uh got yourself stuck in a side quest um it's not quite like that and then um see so yeah, i played it through with that and then i think i did a third playthrough which was like collectibles and uh you know getting the supplements and the gears all those sort of like trophy upgrades and things um can't remember what the fourth one was but then i remember the fifth and the sixth one was um actually i think the fourth one might have been the youtube playthrough and then the fifth one come up which way around it was but one was grounded and then one was permadeath because i tried to do a grounded and permadeath one and i've soon realized that was uh it was doable but was going to be very very tough so i did those sort of separate because when i did the permadeath per chapter i put that on very light which is the difficulty, and then grounded, I put obviously grounded, no permadeath, so that's all those playthroughs. Um, I, n now and again, I'll jump in and do like an encounter, you can, do, you can do like these encounters on the game, where it's these little set pieces, which are really well put together in part two, and those will take, you know, it'll be a quick sort of 20 minutes with The Last of Us or something, so um, post the, the games, um, obviously very excited for the TV show, we're going to talk about obviously here in a minute, uh, and our expectations and things. Um, I recently got one of the little, not statues, but like a slightly bigger sort of like figure thing for Ellie. So that's on my shelf at the moment. Um, I don't think I have any t-shirts yet, but uh, that's that's something maybe to to get as well. And I recently got. Uh, I don't know if you saw it. I think I posted a picture of it in a few different places. I recently got like this little poster, which is a, a part two poster that I put next to my. Uh, Toy Story one in my in my room, so um, those uh, that's that's my sort of uh, history with the games um, and everything. And then you know started the the World of the Last of Us podcast because um, I, kn I knew it wouldn't just be a podcast for the show because there'll be things and like characters to talk about for the games and all these different like topics and lists and things like that. So um, there we go with that. Um, I think it's a good time to take a little pause. Uh, nice and early in the in the podcast. Uh, our next thing to talk about is expectations for the show. So uh, we're going to take a break here, do a bit of housekeeping. We haven't done that for a while on Entertainment Talk because we've been on the holiday break and whatnot. So we'll do that, we'll come back, and then we'll talk about expectations. Uh, see you for all that in a minute. Hi there. If you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name, we've got good news for you. With our affiliate link with Kualu, you can click on that link, which is in your show notes, which is for our affiliate link. You can go over to Kualu to get started with your website and domain name today. They've also got a very handy chat support system, which is usually in the bottom right-hand corner, to send messages back and forth to Kualu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today. So that's Kualu, and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today. Thank you very much to Kualu for this affiliate link. 
Hi there, if you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. The $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talk's previous ad-free podcasts and the future ad-free podcasts that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned. And it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show. Or a film review of your choice. So if you if there's a TV show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it, we can watch two episodes of that TV show or film review. So it's one of either of those per month. Of course, if you continue subscribing each month, you can pick a TV show, then a film the next month and so on and so forth. This is a great way to support entertainment talk, get your ad-free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice. Thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening. Back to the show. Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, it is Wednesday today, which means new episodes of A Month of Positive Creators and Classic Reviews. Those newer episodes, uh, which is the third episode for A Month of Positive Creators, is for Alana Pierce. Uh, she does like YouTube content, she does like trailer reaction stuff, she talks about video games. She actually does work for um, Sony Santa Monica as well, which is the uh, God of War developers so uh, that's that's been really awesome for her as well um but no she's a great positive content creator she's actually got she actually got two youtube channels one's called lana pierce which is where she talks about like entertainment and stuff and then alana pierce irl which is where she talks about life related topics and she has like a uh a dating meets the internet sort of podcast with two friends it's called red lips orange cars which is really really fun as well um so yeah alana pierce the links in uh, the show notes for that for her channel so go and check out what she does uh, classic reviews this week is continuing the Disney Pixar miniseries. The four episodes, the third of the four of those episodes, is for Monsters Inc., uh, which is very, very good to go back and visit that film. Um, so, really, really enjoyed going back for that one. Um, did a, decided to do a review yesterday. Uh, I had it on my mind to do it for a bit of time, and I wanted to do it before I did a uh, Ant Man and the Wasp preview, which is an MCU Phase Four review, going through you know the TV shows, the the change in format for the TV shows, because uh, we didn't always have Disney Plus TV shows. I uh, talked about the like special presentation stuff, um, things like you know the the this sort of building up to the next. Uh, the bigger things, because Phase 4 was a bit more experimental and a bit more sort of like trying to build up some of the smaller characters and introduce a bunch of other new characters as well, so there's a lot of things to talk about there. Um, so yeah, that's the Phase 4 review for the MCU. That's it, It's all basically spoiler-free as well. It's just talking about the, like, the structure of things and who got introduced and where it could lead and that sort of thing. So uh, there's all that. Um, I decided to do uh, a reviews and discussion thing for the Harry and Meghan. This is for the Netflix documentary, so not for his recent ITV interview, not for the Oprah interview, not for his book or anything like that. I know that there's obviously been a lot of stuff out there. Uh, this is specifically for the six episodes that was a few months ago uh, on Disney, uh, not Disney Plus, on Netflix. Uh, so I I labelled it important viewing. It it didn't feel I enjoyed it and thought it was interesting, but if I was to put sort of like must see like strong must see it's not quite that's not quite how it equates to that so i thought i'd just label it important viewing instead because it is a bit of a different thing to review even more different than let's say because we did our welcome to Wrexham review recently and that was kind of fine and fair to put like must see next to that because that's a bit more like entertainment based whereas this is like a story of someone's like life and, and that sort of thing so uh did all of that 
Um, as you would have heard at the start of the podcast, we have a brand new intro. We didn't have one before. I've put out a separate podcast, which is just the, the minute long intro. Uh, I sent that to you. Did you get a chance to listen to that? Uh, oh, no, no, I haven't heard that yet. Okay. Uh, I sent it to you on Skype. So, okay. um, but yeah, it's a new intro that I put together a few clips of like different things from, uh, from the games and stuff. So, uh, there's that. Um, month month of positive creators. Uh, the second episode was for Chris Carr. She makes like entertainment based content over on the John Campier show. So it's like an ensemble group type of thing. Uh, but I wanted to pick her out individually uh, and talk about Chris Carr's work. And we had some great exchanges on Twitter. So that was really nice as well. Uh, so yeah, episode two for that is for Chris Carr. The other episode for classic reviews uh, is for Dinosaur. Um, do you remember that film, Dinosaur? Vaguely. Yeah, I, I would have thought so. Yeah, that's one of the like the things I talked about on the podcast is that's not really a Disney or Pixar film that people talk about these these mm-hmm. days. Uh, so yeah, I was just curious if you'd if you'd seen it. Um, yeah, there's uh, still that VHS in this house somewhere for for that film. So, <laughs> uh, wow. yes, yeah, Dinosaur, which is a, a Disney film. Some of you might not have ever seen it or heard of it because uh, nobody really talks about that at all now. So uh, there's my review for that. Uh, chat podcast episode for the month just gone. Uh, I talked about room sprays because it's a chat podcast. Uh, I talked about podcast plans, uh, some tech stuff because I've got a new laptop and microphone, which I'm using right now. And that was my kind of early uh, thoughts on the Harry and Meghan stuff as well. Uh, that's what we've been doing recently on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Let's get into... Um, oh, by the way, the uh, other episode, uh, the classic reviews and month of positive creators, the first one was for uh, The Incredibles, and the other first uh, Month of Positive Creators episode was for uh, Noisy Butters called Hannah as well on YouTube, just to mention those as well. All right, uh, let's get into our expectations for this thing. Um, again, I'll let you kind of go first again, because I've talked uh, The Last of Us to death and that sort of thing over <laughs> over the years. Um, so, yeah, we both know what's going into the show, uh, what to kind of expect, who's going to be working on it, the cast, all that sort of stuff, the pedigree, HBO... Hopefully Warner Brothers doesn't intervene. Um, yeah, what's your uh, what's your expectations going into this show? Well, now there are some actual reviews coming out, mm-hmm. and like every single review is this is the perfect video game apt- adaptation, five stars, uh, best film uh, to video game adaptation or video game to film adaptation ever, um, greatest video game adaptation ever made. So I mean. The expectation is quite high at this point, I think. Um, But when it first got announced, it was one of those things that I looked at and thought, well, yeah, you know, because there is a long history of these things being terrible. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that, that really stood out for me were the people involved. The fact that Neil Druckmann is there um, and, you know, as co-creator of the, game he's he's you know that should be a good sign Mm -hmm. that the creator of the game is involved in it and is actually writing it he's also also... he's also the co-president of naughty dog now which is like pretty big so yeah yeah you don't say the amount of money that he's made for that company (laughs) um so yeah i mean the fact that he is involved in it and um he was also involved in some of the uncharted games i think as well which i I really liked Mm -hmm. um so that i think was a very positive sign um but again you know background in video games and background in tv doesn't necessarily mix all the time so you're 
you're kind of thinking, well, yeah, can he translate that across? And then they bring in Craig Masden as well. And I mean, if anybody saw Chernobyl, <laughs> which was a yeah. phenomenal piece of TV, I, you know, I mean, it's it's funny actually. You look at Craig, Craig Masden's background, and he has no right to be quite that good. I heard about that. Uh, yeah, like, uh, uh, they're scary movies and things like that. Yeah, because yeah. his background as a writer is the two of the later, not even the first scary movie. It's like Scary Movie three and four, uh, superhero movie as well, which he also did, and Hangover Part two and Part three. Oh. You know, yeah. so. You know, he he had no right to be quite as good on this. And fair enough, in those particular instances, he was just the writer on most of those, apart from superhero movie, which he was he he did write and direct and produce. Um. So yeah, the fact that he then comes out with something like Chernobyl is is quite phenomenal. But um, I, this is sort of post him having done that and you look at those two together and the fact that there is a certain sort of calm dystopianness about that sort of Chernobyl series, you can see how well that would translate over into something like last of us. So I, the pair of them together that had me quite excited even before they'd announced any casting. And then they started talking about the casting and there was Pedro Pascal, who's a fantastic actor and Bella Ramsey. And you're like, yeah, you know, they, they, I, they seem to be treating it very sympathetically and, and knowing, you know, actually sort of taking their time and actually doing a good job and not just being some sort of shameless cash grab, which some of them have been. So, yeah, the expectation for it is pretty high. And that's not necessarily always a good thing. Because quite often, if the expectation gets so high for something, you could, you then sort of end up being disappointed because mm -hmm. it's not, you know, it's never going to live up to the hype. Um, so, I don't know. I'm trying to, as I say, my, I'm not as massively into the last of us things i enjoyed the game a lot but um i'm i'm it's been a long time since i played the game so i'm i'm trying to sort of make sure that i very much separate the two you know video games are video games tv shows are tv shows mm -hmm. so yeah um <clears throat> yeah i'm i'm trying to judge it on its own merit yeah fair enough uh my expectations are just through the roof um <laughs> like uh i i've watched so i've watched those two trailers like so many times it would just be a case where i'm like i'm on youtube and i'll just stick it on uh and it's, it's not like a long thing to watch either but um yeah it was that process of like you know falling in love with the games and the series and the story and all that and then hearing that it was a tv show um so that right out the gate that they made the right choice i think with making making this a tv show instead of a film i mean if you were to do this as a film I mean, you can't tell this story in two hours. You you, you just can't. Um, or even if it's a really long film like Avatar and it's three hours. Um, or even if it's a Zack Snyder's Justice League and it's four hours, it's still not long enough. Um, unless you were going to do, like, you know, a, a trilogy of four-hour films or something like that. But um, because with, with, the, with the TV stuff, adapting games to TV, like we've seen a bit with The Witcher... Um, when you've got deeper sort of lore, because it's different with Uncharted. Uncharted's supposed to be like a two-hour fun kind of film, 
but the games themselves of the Uncharted series are like blockbuster, the, the summer action sort of blockbuster flick things. Um, it's got a little bit more depth to it than that, but it's not got, something like that, it's not got as much depth of like The Last of Us and like the human condition and like what it mm-hmm. takes to survive and that those sort of like deep, hard hitting, um, really strong themes and, and, and everything. Um, so I, I was glad that they chose that out of the gate. And then just as time went on, like, oh, Craig Mason, Chernobyl that that's really good Neil Druckmann's here that's really good HBO that's really good and then you know uh Bella Ramsey Pedro Pascal that's really good and then just more and more kept coming out and kept sounding really good um I'll still remember like my first time watching the first trailer uh, because it's different seeing it because we had like posters and screenshots and like set photos and stuff and it's fine to see that but you'll never know quite how the thing looks until you see, like, a trailer or actual footage. Because seeing, like, you know, a picture of Bella and, and Pedro walking walking along the street by, like, a camera from, you know, a mile away or something is very, very different to, like, no, this, this like, trailer and the actual footage, how it's supposed to be put together with production, that's how it's supposed to look. And I remember when I first saw that first trailer, I was like, wow, this is exactly what I wanted it to look like and, like, the feel of it and the tone of it and everything... And as as a fan, you know, when the show gets announced and, you, you know, your mind starts running with, like, what's this going to look like? What's it going to sound like? What's the clickers going to look like? How will uh, Ellie and and, uh, and Joel sound and all this kind of thing? And, you know, you start thinking of that as a fan. And then you see the trailer and it's like, that's how, like, th- this looks to be a, a dream project for Last of Us fans, I, I think, certainly. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking, like as we were going through and seeing trailers and more information and all, all, all those other kind of stuff. And I kept thinking, is there any red flags here? Is there any kind of, this looks really good, but this. And I, I, I even right now, I still haven't come up with one. Um, I know there's the thing out there about like the spores are going to be changed or something like that. Uh, I don't really know how that's going to work until we, there's something like that. I don't really know how it's going to work until we see it uh, on the screen. Cause they're changing spores to, uh, something else uh come and what what it was that they said but um it actually got to the point with with footage and stuff there's a lot of like clips and things out there and i sort of stopped watching them after a bit cuz it was like hey hey here's 20 seconds of this and 30 seconds of that and uh it was almost like i was seeing sort of too much of it and yes i already know the story and and everything like that but i wanted to sort of preserve that so um yeah, uh, speaking of excitement, what we're going to do, by the way, I should probably have explained this a little bit earlier. Uh, so we're doing this preview podcast today, it's the 11th of January. Um, next week, so next Wednesday, we'll be doing like a full uh, breakdown review of the first episode. Obviously, HBO gets it this Sunday, and we get it on Monday uh, via Sky or Now TV, wherever you want to watch that. What I'm going to do on uh, Monday is, because I'll just be too excited after the first episode, I'm only going to do this for the first episode, not every week. I'll do like a sort of, and it's quite a long episode apparently, it's like 85 minutes. Um, I'll do like one of my off-the-cuff, probably very excited, uh, sort of, um, j- just initial kind of like, hey, I think this is really good, or whatever whatever the case may be. So I'll do one of my like very off-the-cuff reviews. I'll probably watch the episode and just come straight in here and just, and just start talking. I'm sure my mind will be sort of like, you know, have lots of things to say anyway. Um, and then we'll do like a more concentrated, proper sort of breakdown uh, recap. Assuming there's recaps out there to find, which I'm, I'm sure that there will be. And then we'll do that on Wednesday. And then we'll do, what we'll do the weeks following, uh, watch the episode on Mondays, and then just do a normal uh, breakdown recap review on the Wednesdays. And I think we'll be doing that for nine episodes. 
because um, I think there's nine episodes of the of the show. Uh, at least on IMDb here, it's got Joel and Ellie, who I assume are going to be in each episode um, <laughs> for nine episodes. Uh, so yes. it's either going to be nine or ten, something like that. So uh, yeah, that's going to take us through to to doing that. Um, I don't know what else to say about expectations. I mean, I'm just like bubbling and excited to just get started watching this thing um and it's been it was really great you know the other day to hear you know nines and tens and this thing is like really amazing um i suppose the only other thing i've got to say for expectations uh to bring it back to like the game side of things um i think the second game is the best game i've played um which is interesting because there's a lot of talk out there about like a director's cut for part two which would have some of the like technology for part one the ps5 remake like the haptic feedback and other things that they put in like some accessibility features that they could upgrade put those into like an upgrade upgraded version of part two so there's a way that game could be like even better than than what it actually is um in terms of like the, the story of this game i mean we've had some comments about like it's been the best story in games. I, I mean, I haven't been around, you know, a long, long time, but I've, I've played plenty of games with lots of, like, you know, really strong stories. Um, I think this is probably the best story I've seen in, in a video game. That's like combining all of this together. I'm not picking between part one or two or, you know, just, just the whole thing combined. Um, I think it's got, like, the deepest narrative, some of the deepest character development. Um, and it kind of goes a bit beyond sort of just... Here's a bunch of themes related to human feelings. This kind of does fundamentally examine... It, it goes kind of almost beyond that and examines, like, the human condition, I think. that's That's been said quite a few times, but mm-hmm. I think that's the best way to equate how this game sort of does that. So, um, yeah, that is uh, that's some of our expectations. And um, I, I would imagine... Yeah, I, I think... Because uh, other than... Because the way I would kind of separate it... The best video game adaption at the moment, before this starts, I think has maybe been the Sonic films. Those, because those are actually quite good. Um, Un- Uncharted, I, I don't think got done justice. No, I mean it's the interesting thing is both properties, you know, from Neil Druckmann. Um, th- he didn't, but he was not involved in the development of the Uncharted movies. Or you know, he wasn't writing, he wasn't directing, he wasn't like yeah. You know, he may have yeah. exec produced on it, but he wasn't like directly involved in the Uncharted films. Um, that's the interesting thing when you compare those two like big Naughty Dog properties. How different their approach was, because with the film, I mean, what everybody wanted was something like the the uh, Nathan Fillion fan film that was made um a few years ago if you've not ever seen that look for that's the really good actually uncharted nathan fillion fan film it's really fun um which has nathan as um the i've forgotten the lead character's name but has the, nathan the drake. Uh, yeah yes yeah so yes yeah, so that's why i was getting confused yeah so it has nathan <laughs> fillion as nathan drake in that um so yeah i mean that and that was a great, wonderful little sort of, I don't know, it's 10 minutes or something, little version of... Yeah, it's on YouTube. What, so. Yeah, what Uncharted could have been. Uh, it's it's a really fun little thing, that. And then for the film version, they decide to make everybody younger and then cast Mark Wahlberg as Sully. And you're like... What are you doing? This yeah. just just makes no sense. You know, you've got this beloved kind of game franchise, which has some great stories and could be this wonderful, fun, you know, TV series adventure. 
um, with them getting into scrapes every week, uh, and you decide to throw it all away on a movie which dramatically changes all the characters. I, I mean, it, it just it made zero sense to do it that. And then you go look at The Last of Us, which is very much sticking to the video game. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it's it's odd. I mean, it's almost like the I I, I don't know. I can't remember whether that this was in development before that, but it is almost like it was going to be a Last of Us film. I think Sam yeah. Raimi was going to do it. Yeah, well, there's there's been a couple of attempts at Last of Us movies, um, and it's never yeah there was one that was was with Druckmann and Sam Raimi um developing it and that fell through and I think part of the issue with that was they the studios wanted to sort of change it quite dramatically and yeah. you know throw more action into it I think that I read something about they were trying trying to do sort of the World War Z kind of make it hot and sexy and have like that's what I heard yeah and like yeah. that that quote came out on Twitter of a, a month or so ago and everyone was like what what do you what, yeah. what do you what do you mean like <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and it's it, it is a bit like you know now these days you go okay well we let them do that with uncharted uncharted sort of becomes exhibit a of what not to do when you're like taking a franchise mm-hmm. and trying to convert it the uncharted so, film should have been like an indiana jones film like a yeah. action thing that you you know you cheer at certain moments you don't sit there bored like i did <laughs> yeah uh, it should have been it should have been like a, a a fun funny comedy adventure buddy cop type film which is sort of what the video games are and it should have been you know two older the two older guys um with this relationship between nathan and sully and it it you know it should have worked but they decided to age everybody down for some inexplicable reason and it just it made no sense at all mm-hmm. that movie there, so, there were things there were two things i got wrong with that film as well which uh was to do with like characterization of the characters i remember with sully two and this might seem like small things but it's those finer sort of touches usually he's got a mustache which he doesn't get till the end of the film and he usually yeah. has a cigar on him quite often and he doesn't he just kind of walks around without those things and it kind of looks a bit like mark Wahlberg just walking around as mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Um. Like Tom Holland, I thought they they did some good characterization there. Roughly, the the I think what they were trying to do, or what they're still trying to do, is instead of getting Nathan Fillion, they wanted to get somebody in their twenties and make a ten year franchise off of it. Well, um, yeah. That doesn't Which... mean that doesn't mean you can't do an Uncharted trilogy without you know with with Nathan Fillion because you could have definitely done that. So. Yeah. 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 Which I mean, I sort of get, but I I just I. I it it was just badly executed mm. as well and yeah so i think it it almost becomes this sort of cautionary tale of what not to do i think that uncharted movie mm-hmm. um comparing to something like the last of us and i mean there, as as we said the reviews have been great for this and one of the encouraging things for this is if this turns out to be as successful as it looks like it's potentially going to be mm-hmm. that may actually encourage other people to take it a bit more seriously in terms of when it comes to other game developments of of you know if you're going to do an adaptation you do it 
in a much more respectful way of the original property, Hmm. you know? Um, And I mean, sometimes there are certain licenses that you need to take when you're doing a TV version, because, you know, we said this before, books a book, a game's a game, TV show is a TV show, films a film, you know, there are certain licenses they are going to have to take with certain things because there are certain game mechanics and things that, that whilst they're great and fun to play in a video game, it would be deathly boring to watch on a TV show. Mm-hmm. So there, but there are, so there are certain things that you were going to have to change. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but I think as long as you're respectful of it. Yeah. I think one of the differences to me really is when you've got something that's much deeper, like a Last of Us or a Witcher, yeah. that needs a TV show. When you've got something like Sonic or Mario or Uncharted, something that's a bit more fun, that's where you can have the fun two-hour sort of thing. Like probably like the Mario film is going to be like it'll be a two-hour. You don't need like an hour, ten-episode yeah. season for that. Like I'd, I'd expect, you know, I'm a big fan of Crash Bandicoot, which is also a Naughty Dog. I'd expect if we ever got anything from that, it would be a two-hour fun Crash film. Because you can do that in in two hours. It's just Cortex versus Crash, and they're fighting for crystals and whatever. So, um, I wouldn't expect like ten hours of of Crash Bandicoot. I'd still watch it, but I, I'd expect it to be in that same in that same sort of Sonic Mario sort of formula as opposed to as opposed to this. So, because again, even with something like The Witcher, um, I don't think that works as like a two three hour film. I think you do need like eight or ten episodes. So, um, I'm gonna switch my notes around a little bit here. Seems we're in this kind of like quality discussion which is what we're doing now um we'll save the cast for for a minute um i just wanted to kind of do a little bit of like a recent zombie comparison thing um we recently had the resident evil show on netflix which took the right approach in in terms of doing a a show instead of a film because again resident evil does have well it's got a a lot of lore because there's been a hell of a lot of games and I got cancelled after one season, not just because it's a Netflix show, but because, um, and that that was one that was watched by a decent amount of people and promoted and all that sort of thing. Um, it, it's interesting when I look at the reception of, and th- these are like polar opposite things in terms of quality, because Resident Evil, the the show there was kind of supposed to be, hey, it's just you know a, a zombie flick kind of thing, um, which again isn't what the Last of Us is supposed to be. It's more of a human story, and. Um, I won't say in terms of defending it, because if like if you like the Resident Evil series, you liked it. That's that's great. Maybe you're a bigger Resident Evil fan than I am. It's quite likely, uh, and hopefully you did enjoy what what you got out of that. It's it's so interesting when I look at something like the reception of Resident Evil, and some people saying you know this is terrible and whatever, and there was like the opposite comments of sort of like oh you just can't have fun with with, with the series and that sort of thing. Um, the problem with having trying to have fun with a series of the quality of something like Resident Evil is it needs to actually be at least somewhat good and fun. And in my opinion, when I saw things like half of the first episode, because I really didn't like it at all, um, and I saw the reception around that, and it was a sort of can't we have fun with these things and that kind of stuff. And then you look over at uh, this HBO Last of Us show. Obviously, it's got a lot of eyes on it. Last of Us is huge, and like some of the scrutiny and like. Um, people being really picky with the casting and that sort of thing. I, I just think it's been interesting to, to kind of witness that and seeing when, when you look, even if you haven't seen an episode of both shows, you can kind of look at, sometimes on a project, you can kind of look at like who's on it, who's been cast, what platform it's on, and think, okay, this one's more likely to be better than this one. 
And I think if you look at like, you know, Last of Us, Neil Druckmann, you know, all, all the people that are on it, Craig Mays and everything. And to me, you'd look at that and you'd think, that's got a lot of stuff really you know, going for it and there's not a lot of red flags there. And then you'd look at something like Resident Evil and, okay, it's going for a different thing. It's not going for the deep, serious story. I mean, they tried to do some like backstory, backstory things with the with the girls and whatever, but that, that didn't really work, um, which I don't think was even in the games. But... Um, yeah, it, it's been interesting to see like the scrutiny and like people thinking. Some people automatically kind of thinking this is going to be terrible for, for like not really much reason, but then they had fun with Resident Evil. It's just and I'm not like moaning at anybody for anybody's opinion. I'm just analysing both ends of these things. And Resident Evil is like a a newer, somewhat comparable example in in the horror space. Um, what do you kind of think of like? I, mean, I don't know what you took away from the Resident Evil show, but um, what do you kind of think of like the polar opposite ends of? the quality discussion there Mm, yeah i mean again it comes down to a certain amount of respecting the material i think yeah it's because with the resident evil show i didn't actually watch any of it because i'm not a particularly huge resident evil fan i i don't Mm -hmm. i mean other than the you know walking dead and and this i i don't watch that much horror so it's it's one of those things that from what I read about it, they were very much weren't respecting the material. You know, there was a lot of changes to the games and rather than trying to do a straight adaptation, they went off in a slightly different direction. And sometimes that works. I mean, we were talking uh, on Monday when we did the Geek Town Radio podcast, we were talking about the um, Halo series and which you hated <laughs> and I rather enjoyed. <laughs> um, but for me, I mean, I was approaching that as, as it is a sci-fi TV show that happens to be based on Halo. I'm not, I, I mean, I've played some of the Halo games, but I'm not a huge Halo fan. I'm, you know, I, I, I don't massively know the getting to the lore and stuff or, and I haven't played a lot of the later games. As a TV show, I found that quite enjoyable, but I understand why it upset a lot of the fans. Um, And in that particular instance, I think maybe there is a balance you could have struck where you maybe lent into the games more rather than turned of creating a tv show and sticking the halo name on it yeah which which is sort of what they seem to have done i mean to re- if you remove the halo name for that and it was called something else i still i think it was quite an enjoyable sci-fi tv show <laughs> i just not yeah. entirely sure that it was actually halo um whereas with resident evil I, they they stuck the name on it they tried to sort of lean into the games but then changed a lot of stuff and you end up with this sort of thing that is neither one or the other you know um Hmm. and uh, like you say i think there was there there wasn't enough kind of quality control on on that show from what i hear about it it just wasn't very good you know and i think you can get away with it like i say i think halo gets away with it because of the fact that Yes, it might not have been Halo, but I think they actually made a quite a decent show out of it. So I, I think there is a, 
there is a balance you can you can strike you are, and i mean the witcher is another interesting example because it's not based on a game it's based on a book series which happens to have a game which uses the same source material mm-hmm. um but they're taking influence from both and there are arguments with the second series that they strayed too far away from that and that got some criticism although i mean it still did very well in the awards this year for us but um And I mean, I enjoyed the second series. And again, I mean, whilst I played all of the games at one point or another, um, I've never actually read the book series. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, you know, it depends how much into the lore you actually are. It's a bit like the Lord of the Rings, um, Rings of Power series. I enjoyed that as a TV series. But if you're a Tolkien purist, I'm sure you absolutely hated it. (laughs) and understandably, because it monkeys around with stuff quite a lot. So it depends what you're looking for out of yeah, the show. At yeah. the end of the day, I've, I I try to approach the TV shows as, you know, is this a good TV show? It may be licensed and based on something else, you know, it, whether it's based on a book or whether it's based on a, a you know, a video game or whatever it is. Um, if you're doing that, all i'm actually looking for is a decent well put together story so you know Mm -hmm. and i think that's where resident evil failed and where this seems to be working so yeah yeah one just kind of small example i remember i got like 10 15 minutes into the episode and they started doing a bit of backstory for one of the uh the, the lead character and i was like that's fine you can do backstory for your character if you want to tell me something about their past and then they started getting into like teenage angst and like like teenage drama and i was like that's not what i associate with resident evil at all um and they kind of like it almost yeah. as if it was a taking that like cw approach i was like um this no this uh i mean you can put that in there if you want to but um it it, it didn't seem to it, it wasn't working very well so anyway that's gone now so yeah um i right, moving on from that uh still into the cast um i'm just going to read off the cast list and then we can uh then we can talk about it. Uh, obviously, the main two, we've got Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey as Ellie and Joel Miller. Uh, her surname is Williams, by the way. Uh, so Joel Miller and um, Ellie Williams. Then we've got Gabriel Luna as Tommy Miller. So that's Joel's brother. Then uh, Merle Danbridge uh, is called uh, Marlena. So she's kind of a friend of, of Tommy and Joel's. Then you've got um, Jeffrey Pierce as, as Perry. So he's interesting. Uh, then you've got Anna um, Torv as uh, Tess, or Teresa. She's called Tess in the games. So uh, Murray um, Barlett as Frank. Nick Offerman, who some of you would have seen before, as Bill. Um, apparently he did something quite funny at the premiere, which I'll talk about in a minute. Uh, Merle Grace Barker as it says Infected Girl. Um, I don't know why that person's credited that high up, but we'll see. Uh, then Ashley Johnson. Now... Some people might not know who Ashley Johnson's playing and might not want to know. Um, I won't say... I'll keep it as... I won't say who she's playing because it is quite a big character. I'll just say her name in the show is called Anne. Um, Are you aware of specifically who that's going to be? Yes. Yeah, no, I I am aware who who that is. I think it's a a great, sensible bit of casting, that as well. Yes, Um, yes. You know, it makes perfect sense. And one of the advantages they had... I think with the casting for this show was the fact that 
clearly you couldn't have had Ashley Johnson playing Ellie. No. Because that she's far too old to be able to play in that role. Yeah. Um, there is an argument that you could have used Troy as Joel, I guess, but I can sort of see why they didn't go down that route. And I think Troy probably could see why they didn't necessarily go yeah, down that yeah. route as he's, well. Throughout this whole process, he's spoken a lot of respect about uh, how Pedro's taken the role. Because obviously he's yeah. seen, uh, well, he's in it, but he's seen um, his performance. He said it's like he, he, he really respected it and that. So yeah, that's good. Uh, then you got uh, Melina, somebody as Kathleen. Um, Storm Reed as uh, Riley, Nico Parker as Sarah Miller, so Joel's daughter, um, Lamar Johnson as Henry, and then uh, Kevon Woodard as uh, Sam. Uh, is there any other bigger characters here? And then it says uh, Troy Baker as James. Now, uh, again, I won't go into details on who James is. The interesting part about his character, he's in, he's part of a group. I won't say what group he's part of, but he's part of a group that um is led by one of the other main characters uh in the uh, who oddly they're, they're that character's not on this list I, I don't really know why um <clears throat> but that's quite again that's quite a big uh, thing to talk about and uh, I'll save that for later but I'll just say his character's name is called James um although interestingly because with when they revealed who Ashley's playing you know fully what that's all about um and just get, you know they they show um Troy Baker as James in the trailer and they show you what group is a part of the interesting difference with between his role and Ashley's Ashley you know directly who she's going to be based off the trailers and that although you know what group James is going to be a part of it's difficult to tell like because we don't know what happens to that character um and like how he's gonna work in that group so that's going to be quite interesting so that's like a bit of a newer thing for the show which will be very interesting um so yeah lots of lots of really really good cast have they got the uh, name for marlena here um the interesting thing with with marlena so she's played by mel danbridge um she is the same person that did yes. the uh motion capture and stuff but it kind of makes sense to to do that with her because uh it just lined up pretty well um jeffrey pierce i think is the one that did because he's the one who's playing perry i'm trying to think who perry actually is um he he's the one who did. I think he's the one who did Tommy's um, yes. motion capture and stuff. So they, they've they've done a good job of trying to include some of the uh, think, original think, people, which I think is very respectful. So that's yeah, that's extremely encouraging as well. The fact that they have gone through a lot of the motion capture actors, because I mean, a lot of the time you think oh voice actors, but for a lot of these games these days, they're not voice actors. It's a full performance that they're doing. Yeah, they're effectively very involved. yeah, they're doing full motion capture. They are basically you know acting the entire thing out like a stage play on a stage um wearing mocap suits so the whole thing is you know it is basically a full acting performance Mm. in most cases um they're just putting digital skins over the top of a lot of the actors and obviously you know the player takes control of certain characters as, as well um so they are fully formed performances in a lot of this. There's not just somebody sat in a booth doing voice work. So I like the fact that they have gone and, you know, gone to these actors and said, Hey, do you want to come in? You can, I, you know, sometimes they're like with Mel, they've said, 
you know they've given them the same role with others where they don't fit because quite often you, you know to say Jeffrey Pierce I think uh, played Tommy in the video games and maybe doesn't look right to play Tommy in the TV show because you know obviously that's altered with the video games because he's got a digital skin over the top of him if he's not the right look for it but they fitted him in somewhere else which is mm-hmm. great you know yeah um so obviously there's been a lot of conversation around uh specifically pedro and and bella who are the they're going to be the two most talked about here um yeah. what do you think of the casting choices there pedro pascal bella ramsey uh, well pedro pascal's great he's he's a wonderful wonderful actor mm-hmm. i can see him fitting very very well into the role of joel i I think it's a really interesting choice um bella ramsey was one of the standout characters in game of thrones even despite having very very small amount of uh, screen time really comparatively to everybody else but she was a brilliant character in that Mm -hmm. so you know i i think it's great to see her in this. Pedro's been wonderful in The Mandalorian. He was great in Narcos. I mean, we don't see much of his face in The Mandalorian, but uh, mm-hmm. but he, he was Game great. of Thrones as well, wasn't he? Yes, yes, he was. Yeah. yeah. What was his name uh, in that? He was one of the Sand Snake people, I think. Oh, yeah, the the yes, he is uh, Oberyn Martell. He That's was it. in Game of Thrones. Um, yeah. It came to a very memorable end. Yeah, had a very famous <laughs> fight show. scene. Yeah, yes, very famous fight scene. Um, and he was great in Narcos as well. I mean, he was he was brilliant in that show. So, I mean, he's a wonderful actor. I really, really like him. He's he's been in some great things. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he he, I think was an interesting choice for Joel, and I think he fits the role really well. From or looks like he will do from what we've seen. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting, actually. I mean, those are the only two characters that are listed as main cast. Everything else is either recurring or guest roles. Uh, the recurring cast is um, uh, Gabriel Luna's Tommy, Anna Torva's Tess, and uh, Mel Dandridge as Marlene are the, are the ones listed as recurring, and everybody else is listed as guest roles. So. I'd I'd say that's pretty, I'm just thinking of, of like the flow of the story and that obviously you're you're playing as Joel the whole way through, uh well most of the way through part one. There's like a small section where you play as Ellie, but um which I imagine the show will touch upon. Um, but yeah, it's m- most of the game is you as Joel with Ellie as your you know uh NPC sort of companion and uh you you go through and you you meet these characters almost kind of as, as checkpoints. Because um, you you go to them for certain reasons, and then the story kind of moves on from from there. So it it does yeah follow um, Joel and Ellie the, the whole way through. So uh, but yeah, Tommy's his brother, so you've got obviously he's in there as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. To, it's interesting to think about it that way because like with with what you just mentioned, because what you've just said is actually accurate. But like because Tommy kind of is. He's a main character, obviously he's Joel's brother, but he is kind of like a recurring character because he's not on screen like all the time in the games and stuff. I imagine mm-hmm. it will work the same in the film. And like Tess is a really big character, but she's like, um, uh, you know, off screen for for some portions and and that sort of thing. So uh, that is an accurate way to describe that. So, um, yeah. but the, but then the the strength of that is because these characters sort of like you meet them, then you move on or, or whatever. Um, it proves that they leave like an impact 
on on, on the story because it does kind of like you, you meet them and then you move on then because I mean because the journey of this thing isn't to do with those characters it's to do with Joel getting Elliot to the Fireflies so that's why you're sticking with them the whole time uh, it's essentially like a really really long escort mission in a in a way so um, uh, yeah so like when you're escorting uh, NPCs in in games although this is a much much better one than than some of those other ones in uh, like side quests in games so um, one a couple of things because I'm trying to like not talk about too much of the like the story and the checkpoints and like the events because I want to just you know go through those as they as they play out in the show. Uh, one interesting element of this, obviously, is the DLC, which is called Left Behind, uh, which I've actually only played once, um, which is to do with uh, it's a backstory to do with Ellie in her even younger years, and uh, what's the character's name Riley. Uh, who's going to be played by Storm Reid, because uh, Nico Parker, as we said, is, is Sarah Miller, who's Joel's daughter, and then Riley, who is, um, yeah, Ellie's friend. Uh, I think you can probably do that as a single episode. I mean, the DLC itself, I've seen, like, Let's Play videos at, like, an hour and 15 minutes. Um, of course, if you want to, there's lots of stuff that you can click on and look at and that sort of thing, so that takes up gameplay time. Um, so you can play it for about, two maybe three hours at a stretch if you wanted to but in terms of taking out some of those sections and just telling the story because we've seen some shots of that in the trailer because uh, they go to like a photo booth and uh, they're riding on like the, the carousel thing you see some shots of that so that's the left behind stuff um, uh, you could just I imagine they will do this maybe you could just have an episode called the last of us left behind and that mm -hmm. be just a single episode I mean if you're going to be doing like 80 90 minute episodes which it seems like we're going to at certain points that could probably just be one of those uh that doesn't yeah. need like a three episode arc or something because the story's just not that long um so uh, we'll see how that plays out it also looks like as well um you've got uh i think it's bill and frank yeah um so you've got that kind of going on as well and um, they said that uh there's supposed to be um an episode for the two of those because there's a bit of history there's like hinted at history um in the game between the two of them and by the time you meet bill it's let's just say it's passed a bit after that time and uh the game doesn't quite it, it touches upon frank's sort of history and like bill mentions him and that but and you get an explanation as to what happened i won't talk about what happened but um we do see i think there's a shot in a trailer of like two two men at a table and, and they're holding hands and things like that so um, and I think they did publicly say that there's going to be maybe an episode for them. Yeah, um, I think it's episode three, I think, is the, the Bill and Frank episode. Yeah, so extending that story a bit more, which I think is which I think is quite good. Um, mm -hmm. I mentioned a minute ago when I was going through the cast, uh, apparently at the uh, at the press screening, obviously they had, like, you know, everybody there. And uh, they were shown, I think, the first episode or something. And Nick Hoffman, because he's quite a funny guy and he's been in like Parks and Rec and that sort of thing. And he said, hey, we're going to show you the first um, episode. And he said something along the lines of like, don't put your expectations up too high. I'm not in this one because <laughs> he's not in there. <laughs> he won't be in the pilot episode. So uh, I think they showed the pilot episode and was like, hey, this episode won't be as good. I'm, I'm, I'm not in it. Just lower your expectations. So uh, that's that's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, he, he, fits, he fits Bill pretty well for that. He's got like a sarcastic side to him right yeah as well so um any thoughts on anything i just mentioned there no just just reminded me of like when uh we were at mcm and they gave us a the uh first episode a preview of the first episode of c the apple tv show oh yeah and then they brought the cast out and one of the main cast is the um the 
boy that plays or the the young actor that plays the um the son of oh yeah uh, yeah jason momoa's character in it which if you actually go back and watch the first episode because that's about the kids being born and he's not in it at all because he's a baby in that episode right, right. <laughs> and they brought him out and he's like uh who's that guy <laughs> so <laughs> it's a bit like that but um yeah, I mean, I this seems to be one of the interesting things for particularly has been great for Neil Druckmann is the ability to be able to take stuff that they put in in things like the letters, the you know the collectibles that you got in the video game, mm-hmm. like you know the letters that you find which gives you a bit more background of the story. They've been able to take that stuff and actually expand them into actual stories on the you know. Um, and whether they're done in flashback or they're done as sort of bottle episodes or however they're doing it, but they've been able to take things like that relationship of, of Frank and and uh, Bill and and like a lot of that was covered with the letters I think to remember in the video games and they've sort of managed to stretch that out uh, and and fill that out into a more complete story for the TV show. So I think for Neil it must have been wonderful going back and being able to sort of take okay well this is something I wanted to tell a bit more about. I mean same with the character that Ashley Johnson is playing as well that was something which he's sort of touched on in the games but I don't think he's fully plop, properly explored. So it's something that they can do a bit more with mm-hmm. on the TV show. There may have even been points, because I've heard this from like different developers before, and I'm not saying the PS3 is the most limited thing, but if you look at it now, obviously it's like yeah. old, isn't it? And there might have been, not necessarily from story points, but maybe from gameplay points, where the PS3 may have limited certain things. And I remember when they said, uh, when Matthew something or other, the director of um, Part 1 to the, the remake... And he said there were certain things like we just couldn't do on the PS3 that thankfully we can do now thanks to the PS5. And that's not even mentioning like the PS4. So, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting to, to hear about those those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily because of the cell processor. That was a whole different thing. But like because of tech uh, sort of. Sort of yeah. Because you, you hear that about PS1 games that get remade as well in terms of like how limiting that was. Like when you go to the um, Resident Evil 2 and 3 remasters and like mm-hmm. how uh how limiting the, the ps1 was still a fantastic console and all that but um it's it's about improving things that are things that are older so which is the right. whole point of remakes and remasters is to make older games better so um that's uh all i have to really go over for the cast we do have a few other things to get through as well um i've put my next note as craig mazin and the chernobyl effect so what do i mean by that um the environment in this now, I'm usually somebody, well, most of the time, somebody who um, I don't really care about visual storytelling. I don't really care how good something looks, which is why it's putting me off to see Avatar, because it looks like it's going to be just visuals and not much else. But yeah. uh, and, it, and it's also a very long film. Um, but th- the one thing to not... Like, if you're going to pitch to me, like, hey, Matt, you should watch this film or this show or play this game. If one of your pitches is to tell me that it looks really good, that's not going to... Just Personally, it's just not something that's going to grab me. Yeah. Um, like, you know, if somebody plays a game or watches something and they go, oh, this looks really, really good and I really enjoyed it. Good. That's that's good for you. Um, but there's, a diff- there's always a difference between just, hey, this building or this grass looks good and that's good. And actual visual storytelling and, like, doing well building with that. And um, once we'd heard, like, you know, Craig Mazin on this and that, it is on this and everything, and we thought about, you know, what he did with Chernobyl and kind of the darker stuff and the themes of that and, and the visual look of, like, some of the darker stuff in Chernobyl, 
Um, even things as much as where they were, um, what was it? There was a scene in Chernobyl where they're using like flashlights or something and it's like really dark and sort of like, it's got that gritty dark sort of thing going on with it. Um, and I was like, okay, so for the environment, it's like a dark, desolated world, Craig Mays in Chernobyl. That, that sounds very, very good. Uh, and then we saw the trailers and granted trailers very quick and all that sort of thing but we saw some of the environments like where joel is like walking upstairs and you'll see the clicker stuff just you know stuck on the walls or on the floors or how desolated buildings looked and all that sort of thing and that's where you know visually and tonally again it's that it's not visual quality it's the visual storytelling because the visual storytelling is trying to tell you okay you don't know like the story of every corner of this world but here's a visual representation of like this is how the world has ended up and it's trying to tell you a story through that mm-hmm. and i just like you put craig Majin from chernobyl on that and you look at how desolated the world is and that sort of gritty dark feeling to it also with a high production value i assume uh, which is where the hbo stuff comes in into it um it just from, from a visual and a tonal perspective um this looks really incredible from from that point of view what what do you think of like the the visual stuff that's kind of going on here and sort of tonally um yeah i mean i just say this is one of the things where the moment they announced craig as being the person that was coming on to sort of co-produce this you kind of thought well yeah i can see that working because there was such a interesting style with the chernobyl series Mm. that this sort of very dark almost post-apocalyptic feel yeah. to it um and this very character driven piece and when they announced him for this you can kind of go well yeah no i i can sort of see how that would translate over onto the last of us so mm. i think yeah very interesting person to pick up and uh be involved with this project certainly um as i say i mean you read his cv and you're like how how did this guy (laughs) yeah i mean because it makes no sense at all as i say he's he's like it you know he's his writing background is mainly on films and it is the hangover movies the scary movie movies is apparently writing pirates of the caribbean six as well that happening uh, supposedly yes if i mean it's it's in development hell at the moment i think but yeah you know there's nothing in the backgrounds that makes you look at at his thing going that he'd come up with something like chernobyl Mm. um he actually wrote an episode of mythic quest as well uh but um yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things that you look at, and it, it seems Chernobyl seems to have come out of nowhere to kind of did, didn't it? Yeah, to be this this huge Emmy winning thing, and I mean, it is a spectacular, spectacular piece of TV, um, and it may be one of those things that prior to this he was just a writer. He likes to write sort of you know fun, silly stuff. But when you actually give him full control over something and not interfere, that's what he comes up with. You mm-hmm. know, and, that, and that sometimes is the case. You know, you find these sort of writer credits where they've they've 
been handed a gig and they've kind of you know because like i say with the hangover things he wrote the second and third one he wrote like the latest scary movies so it was somebody that somebody obviously turned to and went hey you know you're a decent writer do you want to pick up the sort of extra bits of this franchise so it may be a case that he's better working off some source material of some description Mm. you know um because chernobyl was i mean there, there was a book that that was based from and it's obviously a real historical thing so maybe it's it's less about sort of coming up with the original idea and just he's incredibly good at taking um you know ideas that are out there and then running and extending them um Mm. which means something like the last of us is absolutely perfect for him because you know it's, it's all rare uh and shaping that into an interesting sort of character-driven TV show is is something that would be really good for for this. Definitely, yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll see how how that all sort of goes, and you know what the clickers look like. Well, we've seen what the clickers look like and the bloaters and things. Um, yeah, can't, I can't wait to see their first sort of like um, clicker scene because they can't make noise. You can't make noise with <laughs> that. Um, I I I remember being completely blown away by like there's there's a little like sequence in the first trailer with the clickers and Joel's doing this like be quiet sort of thing. Um, yeah, those are some tense moments in the in the games, so uh, that's really good as well. Um, my last note that I've got to talk about is uh, what I'm calling the three season arc, and then I've put Last of Us three likely but not confirmed. There's been a lot of talk about mm-hmm. uh, Last of Us Part three. There was even a point. I think it was last year or the year before where Neil said that he's written like a story outline or something for part three. Doesn't mean it's in development, doesn't mean it's being made. He's just, you know, I think that's him just saying like, hey, I've got ideas, I've jotted them down and I'm I'm letting you know. So, um, but given the success of this series, I, I think we will get a Last of Us 3. That's not me telling you that there's going to be one. I don't work a Naughty Dog. Uh, that'd be kind of cool. But um yeah, I I think it's uh, I think it's likely, but uh, we'll we'll see where that goes. Well, so yeah. the so the three season arc. Um, how I think this is gonna play out because the question is like, okay, you've got two games. How long are they? How many seasons can you get? Uh, I think the first season was. It's been I think it's been said that the, the first season is gonna tell the first game's story. That makes sense. Plus, you do I think that the two episodes, which is the the Bill and Frank thing, and then the Left Behind with Riley and ellie and then the rest of it would just be the the main story of the game the average time i think it takes somebody to finish the game granted that's with gameplay and doing crafting and maybe dying a few times you know so there's a bit of added time is usually around about 12 hours for for, for the first game which is a pretty standard length for, for a game for like a story driven game like this like a narrative story driven game and it's about how long the the uncharted games are although i think lost legacy is like a eight to ten hour game again it it just depends on how long it takes you to finish it so that makes rough sense if you've got roughly uh i mean if you're doing a couple of longer episodes you'd maybe have 12 hours of episodes if some of them are going to be like 90 80 minutes you might round off to, to round about that sort of time slot um the second game is double the length uh it took me 22 hours so almost like double the length <clears throat> but there's a particular <clears throat> there's a particular structure to the second game where it tells uh it tells the game story in two halves i don't want to get any more spoiler of that because it will sort of ruin the the surprise of that there's actually i, I was thinking about this yesterday because I was, I was listening to bold moves um 
Last of Us preview, which you can go and check out if you want to as well. Um, there, and I was thinking about because they were talking about seasons and they were talking about The Walking Dead and how you know we all like it, but it did last a bit too long. <laughs> uh, the the eleven seasons, and you could have got through it quicker. Um, and Last of Us is nowhere near as long as 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 The Walking Dead story. Um, there's this very specific, and I can't say what the scene is or what happens. There's a very specific scene or a specific point I can think of. Like an exact moment where you could end a season two finale and then pick up from there in season three. Um, that so that would be what I'm saying there is I think season one is gonna be is gonna be the first game with the additional uh two episodes for the two things. And then I think part two story, um I do think that that's actually too long to tell in ten episodes. Even if you're doing an hour each. I think trying to cram because it is kind of double the length. So if you know if you've got double the length of the thing, I don't think you should try to tell part two story in in one season. Um, mm-hmm. And I also don't really, well, H- HBO doesn't really do seasons that are longer than ten episodes. So I don't think you'll get like a twenty four episode season two of The Last of Us two story because HBO doesn't really do twenty four episodes. You know, this isn't the CW. They don't do twenty four episode seasons of TV. This isn't like network TV. So. Um, and I think that's okay to do it like that. That is a very specific point I can think of where you'd end season two, you could pick up immediately from that exact moment. It's like kind of a bit of a cliffhanger sort of moment. Not a terrible cliffhanger, but like a good season cliffhanger. And you could pick up from there in season three, and then you could tell the rest of that story, I think. So, um, how do you think this could potentially work out? Um, yeah, I, I mean, from what, i've read it does seem that they are sticking very much within the confines of the story for the tv show um it's not sort of something that he's is planning on at the moment certainly moving past what is already in the the games um so yeah season one being the first game would make sense season two as you say I, i don't know the second game particularly so if that is too long then yes maybe you could put that over a couple of seasons you know it's it's a bit like um for example outlander uh which is based on a series of books that generally does one book a season but there are points where some of the books are slightly longer so they split them oddly so you've actually ended up with some which are sort of um half a book and then the next one ends up being sort of uh, the other half of a book and then the half of the next book. You know, so it, the, mm-hmm. the shopping ends up being slightly strange um, or they've, they've kind of mixed some things together. So I think you look at things like that. Um, it may be a case of you end up with, you know, first season being first game, second season maybe being half the second game or uh, and then having a third season to finish that off and then by that point maybe there is a third game in development um what will be interesting is to see whether the tv show gets past the game because if Druckmann has got a storyline for a third season would they want the tv show how would naughty dog want to play that would they want to mm. want the tv show to come out before the game comes out because obviously the thing that makes them the most money is selling video games so would they want the game the tv show out telling a story before the game comes out um so whether that would affect it 
and will will that end up driving you know wh- which ends up driving forward you know because mm-hmm. <clears throat> the advantage you do have is Drutman being involved in it so you you're likely to get some synergy between the two regardless of how it goes whether as i say you know if you think that the second game is too long to put in one season then yeah you could maybe split that over two seasons maybe you do slightly shorter episodes either slightly shorter episodes or a slightly shorter run so maybe you make the next season you know hour-long episodes of eight episodes and and do it that way so you can stretch it out a bit more um if you know and figure it out that way uh because that may give them time to be able to do a third game as well. I mean, we don't know if they're working on anything at the moment, but if they are, I mean, you've got to assume that a third game is coming because, I mean, why wouldn't you? In, in my opinion, <laughs> I think it is. Yeah. Happening. Well, I, I, it's one of those things that there is a lot of love for this franchise. It's a successful franchise. Why wouldn't you make more of it if there is more story that you have already sketched out to tell? You know, mm-hmm. if you're saying he's written a third story outline, it would seem ridiculous not to make a third game because that's money left on the table. You know, so I, I mean, yeah, I suspect there is a third game coming mm-hmm. uh, at some point. It's just how quickly they can get that out and whether the TV show gets ahead of it. Yeah. So. Uh, and I mean, TV shows like this take a couple of years to develop. So, uh, you know, I mean, you look at um, things like Game of Thrones and Westworld and that sort of stuff. There were two year gaps in between. So if you're talking about this coming out now, you've potentially going to be 2025 before you get a second season. And then yeah. 2027. We won't, we won't get, get season two next year. So, yeah. You know. So, yeah. 2025 for a second season, 2027 for a for the season after that. Gosh. Um, <laughs> You've also got to be one thing you do have to bear in mind with this is is the age of um, Ellie as well because mm-hmm. how what's the age difference between the first and second game with Ellie? Uh, she's thirteen or fourteen in the first one, which is why you had to cast somebody quite young. And then when you get into uh, the early part of part two, she becomes nineteen at a certain point. And I only know those ages because Neil said them a number of times. So Right, okay. Yeah. And I mean Bella Bella, although she looks quite young, is actually nineteen at the moment. Yeah. So I think she'll age into that part two age by the time hopefully. Well she's she yeah, she already is That's that age, yeah. She already is that age. But you can sort of have a mid twenties person getting away with playing a nineteen year old. You know, I, I think that works. Mm-hmm. Um and, and given she's introduced looking as she is now when she's 19 playing a 14 year old. Yeah. You, so that that shouldn't really be an issue, you know, cause she's only going to be what, well, I mean, if they depends when they start filming it, but if it's a couple of years away and she's 19 now, you're looking at what her being 21, 22, probably by the time that comes out. So um, presumably if there is a third game, Ellie will be a few years older in the game as well. So, you know, they, that should probably work. Mm-hmm. It feels to me that the smart thing for HBO to do, obviously Warner Brothers has got some issues at the moment, uh, aside from the DC stuff and whatever, um, <clears throat> it feels like the smart thing for them to do, because they've been getting rid of a few shows and whatnot, is have House of the Dragon 
and this as your those are their two big shows now really i mean you've got like other things floating around but those are their two big shows it feels like is to simply have them rotate every couple of years because house of dragon won't be this year game of thrones will be this year uh, not game of thrones uh last of us will be this year um and if even if house of dragon ends a bit earlier or something there's other uh like there's a Jon snow thing and whatever so you can kind of rotate those a little bit which i think would, would work the other thing that I think works as well is by the time, if they do the story in the way that I've just said, which that's not a guarantee, that's just my speculation, by the time you get to the end of Season 3, which should be the end of the second game, because I think if you if you use the, end, the actual end scene of Part 2 as the Season 3 finale, that would make sense. As that is also a point where it's one of them things where, okay, they, they could finish the story there, I don't want them to. They could finish the story there, or they could continue it. And by the sounds of what Neil's been saying, there's maybe a part three in development. So by the time you, yeah, by the time you get to going through, because you've still got all this to air, and you've still got to go through the, the second game. By the time you've gone through all of that, and hopefully Naughty Dogs worked on a part three. I mean, they've still got factions to put out and things like that. Um, that will then give uh, you know Neil and Haley and, and all those people time to write, if not make. Uh, part three and then as you said once they get to maybe a fourth season I mean it depends how far this thing goes uh, you can then simply adapt the third game for the fourth season I think and again if that's a longer story you can do that as season four and five so um, but yeah do, doing this as a three season arc in the way that I said I think makes sense um, it's interesting what you said though because if like if the development of let's say um, a season that connects to part three and the release of part three and how that time is going to work out i mean you know development of tv shows and games is different but then they'll they'll need the third game to continue that because they're not they're, they've said they're not going to go past where, where they're at without more game material which makes sense because um, mm -hmm. i i think there was some a quote that was slipped in somewhere they were like we don't want to do what game of thrones did i can't remember yeah. who, said, who said that or whatever but that that kind of makes sense that kind of makes sense um plus george's Still writing that book, isn't he? So, yes. um, yeah, Game of Thrones ended, was it 2019? And he's still writing that book. So, yeah, they'd, they'd have to, to wait a while. So, um, it would make sense for all of it to work out that way. I could be wrong. Um, I just, I mean, maybe Neil could say, hey, Matt, you're wrong. Season two is going to be all of part two and we're going to make it work. I would, would trust him if he said that. I just don't, at the moment, I don't see how you cram that into 10 episodes. And I don't think that you should do that either. So, we shall see. Uh, Alright, that's all of my notes that we've got. i uh, just got some emails to finish up on. Of course, if you want to write into the show, uh, either after the episode, before them, or whatever, um, and uh, you know, get, give us your thoughts on the series, uh, your thoughts on anything that we've said here, or anything else like that, uh, just uh, any of your general thoughts on The Last of Us, the show, and the, and the uh, TV, uh, and the games, MatthewWoodEntertainmentTalk.org, uh, Twitter, eTalkUK, there's a contact page information in your show notes, email box on the website version of the episode, and a clickable email name in your show notes. Harrison writes in first and says, Happy New Year, lads. Thank you. Happy New Year to you as well. Yep. Uh, looking forward to this Last of Us journey with you both. I think he was with us with our um, Walking Dead stuff as well, so that's mm -hmm. really cool. Uh, follow, following us with the zombies. Uh, did you hear that um, Fear is ending? We did. You told me yes. about that yesterday, I think. So yes. uh, with season eight, which makes sense, I think. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, how long do you think the show will last? We have already covered that, uh, so we won't go over that again. The other question is, uh, is there any worries about Warner Brothers messing this up? Well, there's always worries about Warner Brothers messing, yeah, messing things yeah. up. But, I mean, 
yeah, it's it's one of those things that if this is hugely successful, Warner Brothers would be idiots to actually touch it, and um, which I mean doesn't mean that they won't, but yeah, um, if it's it, given the amount of chopping and changing that's been going on at Warner Brothers Discovery. I think a lot of it seems to have calmed down at this point. I think they've made a lot of the cuts that they are probably going to make. Um, they have still got a big change coming in America with uh, the merging of the HBO Max platform, but this is a HBO show. And they can't get rid of all their drama. You know, yeah, you have to I keep mean, something. You've got to keep something you can't throw absolutely everything out and just not produce tv shows otherwise you've got no content and no subscribers and bye-bye yeah exactly (laughs) so i mean it's one of those things that and the other thing is that if it's hugely successful and hbo for some bizarre reason decided to dump it or warner brothers decided to dump it it's something that I think is likely to get looked at by either Apple or um, um, Amazon. Amazon. I mean, Amazon is the most likely case I would yeah. have thought. So I think it will probably be okay. I mean, you know, if it, as long as it goes down well and it is successful, I think it will be fine. Um I mean, who knows with WB uh, right now? It, it, but but I think a lot of the cuts that they have done, they have, they seem to have slowed at this point. Um, you know, so we'll have to wait and see. Mm-hmm. I would just say figure DC stuff out and just just leave Neil and Craig and everybody on, just leave them alone to do this and just go yeah. and figure out what you're doing with DC. Yeah, well, they're supposed I mean... to be making a new thing or whatever. So. Yeah, no, and I mean they they've handed they've handed the DC stuff over to James Gunn and Peter Saffron, who are making an announcement before the end of the month about what's coming next with that. So, you know, that seems to be in reasonable hands now. I know it upset people because of the Snyderverse things, and yes, give it up, it's not coming back. Um, but <laughs> the uh, but with this, I think you've got to at some point have some faith in the creators and yeah given the reviews that are coming out for this already i think yeah if if they leave them to it mm-hmm. it should be fine um you know i i don't think hbo or amc <laughs> who interfered quite a lot particularly in the early days of um uh of of walking you know, dead walking dead yes um I get the impression that as long as things are making money, then Warner Brothers Discovery are going to be fine with it and are happy to let the creatives get on and create, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. The the only two places I wouldn't want to have this show is Netflix and AMC. Yes. Yeah. Although, if if you do three seasons and you finish it there, then it's fine. So, uh, yeah, even if you do cancel it after three uh, and you finish at the end of the second game, then you're fine anyway. Um, yeah. But, no, I mean, you know, we, we love a Walking Dead, but I I, I want to... It's time for HBO to do the, the, the zombie thing. So, But as as I said earlier with the Warner Brothers stuff, because as you've made cuts and, you know, you've you know gotten rid of certain DC films and whatever, 
to me, the the game of the Game of Thrones area, so whether it's House of Dragon, Jon Snow, whatever it is, that and this, I think, are your two biggest things. Apart from maybe Harry Potter, but that's not really got anything active right now. So, um, and DC, but then DC's in a, like a rebuild stage anyway. So for like your current content. This and the Game of Thrones area, I think, are your two biggest things anyway. So, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, if you, if you got rid of this or if you got rid of, like... I mean, granted, you could cancel one of the Game of Thrones spin-offs and still have the other ones. Um, but, you know, there's no spin-off to this or it wouldn't work the same way. So, yeah. you got to keep something. you got to keep something. Otherwise, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, Jack, writes in, oh, Jack writes in and says... Uh, how do you think this will compare to other zombie shows? And do you think racists will try to review bomb the show? Probably, but um, I mean, they've all they've the racists have already made their opinions about you know the the actors of of color and black people in the show. But uh, I think it's best if we move past that. Um, yeah. Just just ignore the review bombing. If you, if you see this show on like something getting a zero point two, it's probably not because the show's bad. It's probably because of those things. So yeah. that hasn't happened at the moment, although it's been mostly like press people that have seen the show and the Rotten Tomato scores and stuff. So, um, but we shall enjoy the show for uh, what we have, which I think is the better way to, to do it. Yeah. Um, other zombie shows. I mean, this, you've got like your different approaches. Like we said, with the Sam Raimi attempted film, that was possibly going to be a bit more of a just, hey, zombie action thing. Um, this is much more of a human story. I mean, I was thinking about, you know, zombie shows yesterday, because of course I was, um, and I was thinking about, you know, The Last of Us is, it's still a zombie thing. It's not really a zombie story, it's more of a human story. But, um, you've got things like Walking Dead that kind of do a bit of both, like Walking Dead's capable of doing big zombie set pieces and human moments, um, but it sort of, it hits a middle ground. Then you've got things which I really love, like Black Summer, which that's not a human story at all, really. Not not in the same way as this. But that's like a full adrenaline rush, sort of like, something's happening almost every minute, and there's like massive, like, ongoing zombie set pieces, and it's like, it makes you breathless because it's like so exhilarating. But that's what that's supposed to be. Uh, you've got other things which kind of uh, have different stuff as well, but um, I, I mean, it's quite early to say I think this will be the best zombie show. But given what's going for it at the moment and who's got it and what sort of thing, it could be. And I always love Walking Dead, but we we know that as much as we love that show, it could have been better. And this, from a production standpoint and everything else, kind of looks like what The Walking Dead should have been. I mean, if you look at The Walking Dead Season 1 specifically, that is a little bit more in line with what this yeah. is looking like. And then obviously AMC intervened and the whole Frank Darabont thing happened and, and whatever. As long as Warner Brothers doesn't muck about, as long as like they keep Craig Mays, <coughs> Craig Mays and Neil Druckmann, as long as none of the actors get fired, and they're just able to tell this story, I think it'll all go uh, very, very well. What do you think of uh, this compared to other some other zombie shows? Yeah, I mean, that's going to be an interesting thing. Um, it is whether it has a wider impact on influencing other zombie shows as well. Because I mean we've not seen yeah. it yet. So what what slightly bothers me about this, and this is not an issue with Last of Us directly, but I, I always think back to um, video games and when World of Warcraft came out. And World of Warcraft, like you know, the up until that point, there've been these huge sort of MMO games like EverQuest um, and uh, you know Star Wars Galaxies as well. Then World of Warcraft comes out. And is this ridiculously huge phenomenon. Mm-hmm. 
And the influence of that then feeds back into this other game because they look across and see how much money World of Warcraft is making going, oh, well, maybe we need to be more like that. Mm-hmm. And they start to change their games, ultimately destroying Star Wars galaxies and making some quite dramatic changes to things like EverQuest as well. So, and not necessarily making a great product because they're trying to force a square peg into a round hole, Right. you know? Um, and it does slightly concern me that AMC might look across at this and go, oh, well, we should be doing that and start to try and force the aesthetic of Last of Us into The Walking Dead when The Walking Dead isn't designed to be that at this point i mean yes as you say they were very similar you know it has more of that aesthetic in the first season but it's now a very different beast to what it was back then yeah so it slightly concerns me that that you may have people kind of trying to trying to take what they're doing with the last of us and taking influence from that and trying to force it into their own zombie show and just making a very bad copy of it because that's all it ends up being is a bad copy. Mm. Um, so uh, we'll see. I mean, I think there are, like you say, there are very different approaches to it. You've got, you know, the sort of action orientated things like Black Summer. You've got um, you've got this, which is a much more story driven thing. You've got Walking Dead, which sort of is a bit soapy and sits somewhere in between, I guess, of sort of having... Certain... Kind of is a zombie soap, soap opera in it, but like a really yeah. long one. Yeah, it is. It's a zombie soap opera. I mean, that's basically what Walking Dead was. Um, and it does that sort of genre thing quite well. You know, you're invested in those particular characters, which is why we've got a bunch of spin-offs with that original cast in mm-hmm. different places. So, yeah, I mean it's hard to judge whether that one will be better than the other because they're all taking kind of different approaches and different elements. You know, you have a more comedy, more approach, you have more action approach with some things you have, you know, um, so I, I don't know. I, I think, I think you can kind of only really judge the shows on their own merit, but yes, it does slightly worry me that this, if this becomes a massive success, you will start to suddenly see bad copies Mm. of, sort of things going oh well we need to emulate that i mean so there is that on one side of things as a general note i think it could be quite positive in influencing um video game adaptations rather than zombie things of sort of okay well they stuck to close to the video game and that worked really well so maybe that's what we should do when we adapt whatever our video game is um but uh as as a sort of zombie thing i think it's very difficult to compare them directly because the the zombies are a sort of almost a secondary thing to the character driven stuff particularly with this so mm-hmm. yeah uh beth writes in the last one says uh which <clears throat> which element of the show are you most looking forward to uh the cast portrayal of the characters the adaption of the story the environment or something else i mean all of those things really um <laughs> But uh, I'm I'm just very curious. It, it's it reminded me of when like The Witcher was about to start, and I've never read the books or whatever for for The Witcher, but I've played the games. And there's a certain simple element of I remember when I was watching like even just the opening ten minutes of the pilot of The Witcher, and it was like watching the game come to life 
because mm-hmm. instead of watching and you know those performances and everything are great and you know the, the games are great but it's that difference of <clears throat> and the same thing sort of happened with Lightyear but in a bit of a different way I'll explain that in a minute um of like you have a human person on camera dressed up as the character not in cosplay but dressed up as the character filming the same story in the scenes and cause I, th- I think the witcher opens up with like Geralt fighting a monster or something obviously it reminded me of like when I fought different monsters in the game and that sort of thing and seeing like it just looking real and like it you know it, it was a like a, a real version of the thing that had come to life I'm looking forward to that element of it and seeing like somebody dressed up as Ellie and Joel and seeing them go through this story in the environments and seeing like instead of video game looking clickers seeing ones that look more real which we've seen a bit in the trailer and that sort of stuff and like the real environments and the characters navigating it and there's just a certain like that's the adaption element of it and I remember really enjoying that with The Witcher and that's that's really the only one that's done that in that same way it's different with something like Sonic because Sonic will you know look the same as as he does in the in the games because he's the he's the blue fast hedgehog um <laughs> as opposed to you know what I mean as opposed to a well, video yeah. as opposed to a human video game character that still looks human in the games but then played by a real person and like that element coming to life and there's also like a bit of a different element to it but like seeing the toy version of Buzz and then seeing like an animated person, a human person in the suit and like a more real version of the suit and, and those sorts of elements. So even something as simple as that I'm really looking forward to and so far it's looked very impressive from the trailers and everything but it will feel different once like you know get the opening 10-20 minutes of the show and we start to, to settle into the story. Um, and yeah the portrayal of the characters seeing like you know little mannerisms and things like that that was something I was looking forward to in Lightyear as well um, you know uh, to infinity and beyond and, and all that sort of thing but um and like seeing that the sassy side of ellie which we've seen a bit in the trailers and joel as this you know broken man and whatnot and, and that sort of stuff so um and again like i said with the environments that's the craig mason effect and seeing all those sorts of things um so just just all of it really but it's it's kind of oddly mainly that sort of like it translated to looking real element i'm, I'm looking forward to as well um how about you any particular elements of the show um, I, no, I mean, I, I don't think there is anything particular. I'm just looking out for, a, you know, a decent, well-acted story. I mean, mm. at the end of the day, you know, it's to say it's been a long time since I played the video games. So right now, all I really want is is a decent, engaging, well-acted, well-put-together story that's going to keep me entertained for however long the show is on, you know, so... Mm-hmm. Definitely. There was two other elements I wanted to mention. Two, two just sort of like fan things I'd like to see. And even, <clears throat> even if these are not in the show, I won't be sort of like, oh, this is bad or be disappointed. As you go through the... I can't remember if it happens in the first game, but it does in the second game. When you're walking through the different environments as Ellie, that's where you're walking as like a grown-up version of Ellie. And you go into certain like houses and buildings, obviously they're all abandoned. And there's like TV sets and there's copy of Uncharted for PS3 on the table. And there's like PS3s on the table. They're all unplugged and probably broken and whatever. But it's it's those little nods. And I think there's like copies of like Jack and Daxter, which they also made as well. And it's just those little nods. And the reason it was interesting, like, okay, you're putting a PS3 there instead of a PS4. PS3 is where this all started. Yeah. So it, it would be kind of funny, like... 
if I'm not expecting them to like pick it up and start playing the lot like I'm not that would like break the four four and that that was that wouldn't work. But just and they don't even have to point out, but just like a scene with Joel and Ellie or something where they're discussing something or sorting out supplies and there's maybe, I don't know, a PS3 sitting on a shelf somewhere or a copy of Uncharted sitting on a on a shelf. Just just like little and I'm sure there will be some Easter eggs. Like I, I I'm sure you will yeah. do that. So that's kind of my fan request for for an Easter egg. The other thing I'd really like to see, and I'm sure this will happen throughout the show. I remember there was an episode of Invasion in its first season. I think it was episode six. And the entire episode is, I think, three or four of the main characters trapped in this house. And there's one or two of the aliens in the show. And um, not much gets said throughout the episode. Some more for like the first ten minutes or something. The majority of the episode is them trying to, as quietly as possible, sneak through and escape this house. Sounds very, very simple. But it's that tense, horror, dark concept of, like, these characters have to be as quiet as possible. You as the audience should be quiet as well, so you can, like, immerse yourself in that. And seeing as we've got things like clickers in the show, I I don't know if they'll do that as a whole episode. I'm sure we'll get chunks where, like, they're trying to sneak around clickers. I mean, we see some of it in the trailer. Um, An episode where, because you could have Joel, Ellie, and maybe one of the other characters in, in, in a scene... Um, an episode where they're trying to escape from, like, clickers. And it doesn't have to be an 80-minute episode. This can be, like, a shorter 45-minute one. That's one that I, I, I've less expect, expectation that they'll do that. Because um, I can understand how that might bore some people. Like, if you're more in this for, like, the human side of things and that, which is what this story is about, and less for the zombie stuff, that might not appeal to that audience quite so much. Um... So we'll see how those two elements play out. Do you think either of those will happen in the show at all? I think Easter eggs are incredibly likely. I yeah, mean, yeah. You know, I, I I would say that's that's quite likely to happen. Um, you know, we'll have to see what they do bring up. But yeah, you're going to get mm-hmm. some Easter eggs in there, I'm sure. Yeah. So anyway, we've gone on for a bit of time here. David, thank you for joining me. Uh, we'll be back. Like I said, well, I'll be back on Monday with an overexcited probably review uh, of, of the first episode. And then we'll do a full breakdown uh, recap review next Wednesday. It's going to all kick off next week. We've also got Servant coming back this week as well, which is which is awesome. It's been a very good week for stuff. Uh, Ant-Man trailer. Um, it's all been very, very good. So uh, anyway, if you want to find the rest of our content and other things that we do, entertainmenttalk.org, podcast platforms, entertainment talk for TV, games, films, May Night podcast. A reminder, the United cast comes back on Saturday, Manchester Derby, huge, huge game. And then next weekend, uh, gaming talk returns. So look out for all of that as well. Uh, be at entertainmenttalk.org, uh, podcast platforms, entertainment talk for all of our podcasts. If you want to support us in other ways, of course, there is uh, word of mouth on social media. Just let other people know about what we're doing. Uh, if there's any Last of Us fans or people that are going to watch the show, please let them know about the podcast because that would be very helpful. So do all of that if you can. Uh, Patreon, $5, $10 level tiers for your free podcast review options. Have a look out for that as well if you'd like to. Um, David, you run Geek Town for TV and Film News. What's going on over there? Well, we've got uh, lots of news obviously going up on the front page of the site. There are... are um things coming back with uk premiere dates and all that sort of stuff that's all over on the uk edits page over at geektown.co.uk uh we did do the geektown radio episode first one of 2023 which you joined me on this week we were back mm-hmm. with that which uh, you did a review of the tom hanks film a man called otto uh we also 
did talked about the Mosquito Coast Mythic Quest. Uh, I reviewed the base building game Ixium. Uh, talked about the rig as well and the Witcher Blood Origin and a whole bunch of other things. There was a loads and loads of stuff in there. We talked a lot about Netflix and their their cancellation of shows and AMC and their cancellation of shows as well. We covered quite a lot of that. We also ran through all the uh, Geek Town Awards stuff because we announced that a few days ago. So uh, that is all up on the website as well but on the podcast we go into a little bit more detail we actually do rather than the top three we do a top five so top five rankings for each category and the actual percentages so you can see how close some Mm -hmm. of those winning and losing were but uh yeah that's all up on geek town radio which you can find on all your favorite podcast services and on geektown.co.uk Excellent. Go and check out all of that. Uh, for other people, you can find Bex over on Twitch, TrustedBYTES, for uh, retro chat and game streams. And, of course, you can find her on other platforms as well. TrustedBYTES. Go and follow Bex on her different platforms. Uh, me, you can find me on Twitch, streaming different stuff, and YouTube, where that stuff gets stored and the game clips and everything else. On YouTube, Entertainment Talk Plays. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you for the first episode next week and other podcasts in the meantime. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.